0: Ramblers, let's get rambling.
1: Everybody and Welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, show 495 on my podcast, the home intelligent rambling right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got your fic show lined up for you today and a number of things to talk about in another warm weather day here in southern central Ontario. And for those who are thinking, hey, the the, the, the ceiling fan is back. Yeah, yeah, it is because it's really warm and I don't want to sweat my butt off doing the show so unless you want to get me an air-conditioned studio go ahead i gotta make it to do with what i gotta do coming up on today's show speaking of the heat we're gonna go and review the latest incarnation of a classic story that is the disney the jungle book uh courtesy of walt disney home videos where a new live action version of the very classic tale then we go from the jungles of the jungle book to the the city jungle with my long-awaited review of Arrow, the complete first season on Blu-ray DVD. This is going to be the start of Superhero Month in September, and I know you're saying, Hey Russ, it's been a while since you talked about any TV shows with superheroes on. Well, there you go. That will be remedied this month. Then we go from a slinging man of slinging arrows to a woman who does her own kind of slinging in a different way. With the brand new star show, The Girlfriend Experience, on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Then I'm going to finish off uh, from a conniving woman to a very smart man with Elementary, the fourth season on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. That's all on this episode of Rambo with Russell. So, as I said, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, August and September continue to be a very busy month for me here on the show. i have got a lot of good things coming up, especially from our good folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Uh, And if you keep listening to the show, I'll tell you what's coming up in future reviews for the next few weeks. At least I'm going to try my best to get to them, because you know I always do. Also... Had a chance as well, just before I started the show, to check out the new trailer for The Blair Witch. And once again, we're going back to the well, to the movie series that really started Found Footage Theater. And that is The Blair Witch Project. Although now, they're leaving out the the in the project. Now, from what I saw from the trailer, this is a bonus review for all you guys out there. It looks... Interesting. It looks to be the same kind of kids going to the woods with cameras. They don't take the legend seriously, and crap happens. So it's a lot of that found footage thing. Well, we see another scene of a girl with her snot running down her nose going, I don't want to die! I don't want to die! I don't know if we're going to see that again. Uh, so, well, and I think it's a bigger group of kids than the first, because the first movie, way back in the 90s, was, it was only, um to a young girl and two guys, and I think this is a bigger group this time, but I think it's the same thing, you know, is kids don't respect the local legend, local legend comes back and bites them in the hearse, so uh, I believe that is what it is, I don't know when it's coming out, more likely if it's a spooky movie, probably in theaters October, November, right around Halloween, wouldn't surprise me, but it's online, you can check it out on IMDB uh, and for yourself, but I am cautiously optimistic. The, the, what made the first one so unique is this was like the first one of its kind. This, this is when when the found footage genre really kind of took off. And and we'll see if it can look time because the Blair Witch 2 was a completely different movie <laughs> than the first. And we'll see if this reboot, because Hollywood's uh, proof in point that Hollywood keeps running out of ideas uh we'll, we'll cut the mustard. So that uh, is all coming up on today's show. I just wanted to give you a quick movie review of that trailer because I saw it. So lots of good stuff to talk about and a lot more coming up <coughs> in the next month or so. It's Fall is my busiest time of year for movies and TV shows. You know that, Ramblers, if you listen to my show for a long time. One other programming note before I start the show. I know all this stuff before I actually start the show, but I want to make mention of it. Some of you may be saying... Uh, hey Russ, did you go to X16 this year? Well, you know, I wanted to. I really wanted to, but just time and money is my greatest enemy on this show. And once again, it proved to be a problem. So I, I want to thank again the nice folks Veritas and Microsoft Canada for inviting me. I do appreciate the invite, but just time and money uh, and and I would have been totally exhausted. Did not allow me to go this year. I apologize. Uh, I will try next year for X seventeen, and and in the, in the and we'll we'll shoot for uh, PodCamp in February. We'll see, because uh, I've not been there too far too long. So uh, we'll see where if we can do another on the road edition. I know Ramblers. It's been a while, but my life is not what it used to be, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it's changed, so I can't just pop out to places like i used to but keep in mind that there'll be another on the road edition soon i just can't promise you when and where but keep listening Uh, in the meantime lots of good stuff uh, review wise still on the way so enough of the the initial rambling we're gonna take a quick musical interlude right up with our first review of the show My Blu-ray movie review for this episode is The Jungle Book Circa 2016, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Now, of course, this is the latest reiteration of a very classic story. The original Jungle Book story goes back quite a few years ago. We're talking early, early 1900s. So, it, it was no surprise that, you know, back in 1967 that we, of course, had the classic animated version. That, today, still remains one of my favorite Disney animated features from the 60s. Uh, it it still resonates to me. I, I did a review on that with Jungle Book 2 a while back in the show. I'll keep looking for my uh, older archives if you want to get my full opinion of that. I'm not going to go into the original animated right now, but go back on my older episodes and you'll find my review of that. So so now we're going to concentrate on the latest iteration of the jungle Book. Now this isn't though, for all you historians, this isn't the first time that we've had a live action adapt- adaptation of this story. Uh, since the first one came since the first animated feature came out in 1967, uh, back in 1994, there was another live action. Version of the Jungle Book, but this time they age Mowgli into his like twenties. So this is a slightly older version starring Jason uh, Jason Lee. So so this was uh, a different. You still live animals. And, and I haven't seen that movie in years. I, if I had the time, I would have watched it before this one. But it is out there. I don't know if you can even find it on VHS. or Well, you probably, if you can find it on VHS, good luck. Uh, I'm not sure. It's been ages since it's been released on DVD and or Blu-ray. And it doesn't really surprise me that they didn't re-release this movie. But it's just one of those forgotten gems. So this is the second Count'em live-action release. This time around, though, they've kept Mowgli a kid. And and this is a pretty good adaptation for the first movie. Now, back in 2003, of course, there was the animated Jungle Book 2, which, of course, I reviewed on the show previously, starring the voice of John Goodman as, as Blue the Bear. And you'll hear my opinion on that. I don't want to go into that. This time around, again, w- the animals are our voice, but with celebrity voices uh, for this movie... Uh, leading the uh for, for Mowgli this time it's a it's a very uh, new young kid called um neil Sethi and and your voices love your voice this time Blue the bear is Bill Murray, and he works really good. I like Tim better as blue than I like John Goodman as blue, just let you know uh and uh Kingsley is Bagheera shere Khan this time is replaced is is voiced by Idris Elba, of course we last saw him in the pacific room we I thought that was a really good movie and um and uh scarlett johansson is the voice of kaw the snake who has really a minor point in this one and and king louis is voiced by christopher walken which is even more funny so so that is your main voice cast for this film now as you know, Ramblers, part of my problem with talking animal movies is I, I still to this day kind of get weirded out seeing animals talk and the lips smooth. Now, they've gotten better at that and it's more natural, but some of that earlier stuff, it just looks weird. So I, I, I pushed myself aside and the voice cast is pretty good. Now, of course, Tony Jay was the, the original voice of Shere Khan, the late, great Tony Jay, who, of course... Uh, did the voice of Megabyte and Reboot. He, to me, will always be the classic Shere Khan. He was so good at doing that. I think I believe he even did Shere Khan's voice in Tailspin as well. And, and so that's a hard act to follow. That guy was just so good at doing evil. So I got to uh, uh, credit Idris Elba. He does a good Shere Khan voice. It kind of hints back to Tony J, but he still makes it his own. And that is one scary-looking tiger. Now, I'm going to warn you, folks. For the most part, this is a fairly kid-friendly movie to a certain point. Both Ka the Snake and Ka is huge. Like, Ka looks like she's big enough. And they've changed gender, of course, Ka's now. She looks big enough to swallow a small boy whole. And, And Shere Khan is a massive tiger. I mean huge and has a scarred face and so I would caution any little kids in watching this. If you have like a five year old or younger or a kid that gets scared really easily, I would caution showing this movie late at night if your kid scares because even though the, the snake is only on for a short minute, it's a few minutes. I mean Scarlett Johansson unfortunately is regulated to just a short little cameo it's still creepy, and Shere Khan is one of the scariest tigers I've seen on cinema in quite some time. So, I'll warn you there. Now, what's nice is, about this is uh, there there is still songs in this. We do hear Bare Necessities, and I want to be like you, ooh, ooh. Although, and it's weird hearing Christopher Walken sing that, they do kind of take some liberties here. Like with Bare Necessities they they repeat the first chorus twice. Because I know if you listen to the old one, and I'm so excited, I'm like a purist here, that there's there's a line where Phil Harris, the great Phil Harris, sings about the prickly paw, 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 and all that stuff. They kind of leave that chorus out and just repeat the main one about the rocks and the ants and take a glance and all that stuff. Uh, so they kind of do that twice in a way. And I, I know I'm being picky, but I notice that. And also with they want to be like you they add some extra lyrics in there that i'm pretty sure were not in the original also this time around king louis is huge in the original animated feature you know he's a regular kind of orangutan kind of size a little bit bigger than mowgli but not much and this one it's king louis as in king kong louis where this is one big massive orangutan now, the movie is described as visually stunning, and I have to say it pretty is. It, it, is, it is one of the more, I mean, the, 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 cinematography wise, this is a great looking movie. And I have to compliment the director uh, about the opening. The opening of the movie starts very traditionally with the Disney castle and the, da, 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 and you know, starts there, but it pans back. And as the camera pads back you start getting deeper into the jungle and deeper into the jungle the jungle book comes up and then the the, the, the magic kingdom fades into the background and that's really cool uh, uh, that's neat cinematography and I have to credit the the director that looks really neat and I, and, and and it and it starts off odes to the novel to to the back with with the book and also has a bit of book in the end the end credits are really funny and I those are the ones I would have stuck around at the end of the movie to actually sit through also at the end of the movie we get some extra songs we actually get the cause song the trust in me sung by uh scarlett johansson i wish they'd left that in the movie but they didn't maybe it was a time and pacing thing and, and we do get some more songs near the end it's not as songy as the first one also uh, uh the the there are elephants in the movie, although we miss the whole elephant song. So they did do a little bit of editing here. And they show Mowgli as very much a boy genius. He's kind of like a Jungle MacGyver in a loincloth. Really, the kid is very smart when um, picking up gadgets. For extras, we do get a fair amount of bonus for just one single disc. We do get the Jungle Book Reimagined. This is how the filmmakers talk about how they reimagined the story and how they adapted it for a modern audience the movie is directed by Jon Favreau and he's one of those directors of course he used to direct I uh, directed to Iron Man he's a very hands-on kind of director you know, it's good. I am Mowgli this is the journey of the star the kid as for the casting process and how they picked him for the role so that's kind of cool that we get to see that you also get King Louis Temple layer by layer. This is a really cool look, and how they show you how they built the temple and how they combined CGI and mocap. They use a lot of mocap in this movie uh, to make it work, and of course, audio commentary with John Favreau. John Favreau is one of those great directors, and he's proven this with Iron Man and his other movies where he actually will do commentary. So that's 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 some great. A- uh, helpful insights into the movie and the movie making process you can kind of really tell that John Favreau like myself really really likes this story and put a lot of care into making it come out really well overall a, a good adaptation um, and and I think it works uh, for today again I'll just caution you with younger kids some of the things maybe a little bit scary so just keep that in mind but a fine adaptation and, and I liked all the voice actors. Sir Ben Kinsley as Bagheera just really worked. And, and the, 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 cho- the choice they did for the voice acting and the, well, voice acting was really well. And I did like in the extras, you actually saw the voice actors talking about their parts. And, and I wish they'd do more of that in um, these kind of things. So that is my take of Disney's Jungle Book circa 2016, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment.
2: Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. Mother Nature's recipes that brings the bare necessities to life. Wherever I want, wherever I want couldn't be far with my big bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants, and take a glance at the fancy answer, maybe try a few. Necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. So look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. Lie well, me mean the bare necessities. It's how a bear can rest at ease. Just the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander, wherever I roam I couldn't be found with my big home So don't waste your time looking around For something you want that can't be found Find out you can live without it, and go along not thinking about it, tell you something true. The bare necessities of life will come to you, they'll come to you.
1: My TV show on Blu-ray and DVD review for this episode is Arrow Season 1 now this is a a TV show I I bought years ago and and I'm just coming around to it now because this is going to be my first installment of Superhero, uh, DC Superhero Month here on Ramble with Russell. Now I first heard about the show way back in 2012 at the last Fan Expo I was able to attend. I had a chance to check out the pilot in front of a live audience at Fan Expo and I gotta say that is so cool. There's nothing like watching a TV show in it with a group of people. If you ever get a chance to get to Fan Expo or any kind of comic convention, and they're having a screening for something, go to it. It's such an interesting audience experience to watch a TV show with a bunch of people. So that was my first exposure to Arrow back then, and I really was impressed by it. I thought it kind of set the universe out, and, and some people were miffed that they're not coin him Green Arrow. They kind of addressed that. In this show, and just Arrow, because this is supposed to be the 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 Batman Begins of Arrow. Even the producers say that in the extras that we we, we're setting off where he's not officially going to be Green Arrow yet. He's kind of working his way up there. It revolves around Playboy Oliver Queen, who after getting shipwrecked on an island with his um, getting shipwrecked on an island after he goes on a yacht trip with his dad, kind of gets transformed after five years of being abandoned on this island. So he comes back, and this is all part of the comic book mythos, a changed man, no longer the playboy. While he's on the island, he discovers that his dad may not have been living the life that he thought, and his dad his his dad on his death on his father's deathbed essentially says to him, Listen, you know, I'm his dad sacrifices himself for him to live and wants him to go after these people on a list that he feels, you know, has has wronged Starling City. This is where the the show was set in, so that's kind of his main mission for the for this first season. He's been, you know, he's been entrusted with a list from his father to hunt down these people and 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 and, and avenge the city, if you will. That's kind of Oliver Queen's prime motivation, and while he's been on the island. He's he went through a lot, and what's cool about the show, and it's very losty in a way, is that each episode we had the present day. You know, he's home after five years, and then a flashback to his days in the island. So, and the producers say this in in the extras that they kind of have a five year arc with with this where where he um, where he starts. He he starts the where where the, the show will end with his last day on the island. Now, of course, coming up this season, we're hitting year five, and and I don't know what they're gonna do past year five, because as of the end of this season, if they go by how they're going, it's, it's coming up season, the island stuff should be done. So unless there's not gonna be a sixth season Th- that part of the show is going to have to change, and they've got to figure something else to fill in the time. So we have a night, nice, and nice kind of flashback of him on the island, and yet, yet um, dealing with stuff in the present day. Now, a lot of people have compared this show to Batman. In a way, it kind of is very Batmanish. In in that very, you can see where they got their their inspiration from Batman begins. It's a very rugged green arrow this isn't the one you've seen in the old justice league cartoons where he's cracking jokes and being all kind of happy this is a very tortured man and the villains he goes up against besides the one on his dad's list are, are a very interesting mix from from the comic books he, he kind of takes on a lot of batman villains in this first season alone he goes against firefly uh, he has a couple of runs with dead shot and and of course deathstroke the terminator is in this as well too good old slade wilson and 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 his interaction with slade are on the island now slade wilson in this show is played by the great manu bennett of course we last saw in spartacus and most recently in the chronicles of shannara so this is a very busy guy and it's great to see manu in this role now it's kind of funny because we see this was done back in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, and from then on he he's gone on to, to be in Chronicles of Shannara and in and, and this character is just the start of him in, in Arrow. So it, it's really kind of cool that, that this guy is is really getting a lot of steady work in the last few years. So that that's his island kind of buddy. Uh, rounding out the cast, of course. We have David Ramsey as John Diggle. It was really fun doing that screening as well at, at Fan Expo. I got to was some of the cast was actually there, so I sort of got to see them in person. Uh, and of course, Thea Queen's sister, played by Willa Holland, who gets the name Speedy for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Quentin Lance, played by Paul Blackthorne, who is the the police detective father of Laurel Lance, played by, by Kate Cassidy, who will become a Black, a black Canary, uh, though that's going to be more season two. But these kind of set the ground rules here. Uh, Felicity Smoke, uh, played by Emily Bett Rickards, who is kind of the perky IT girl who joins the team. And um, and then the great John Barrowman, um, who, of course... We last saw. Well, I always remember him as as Captain Jack from Torchwood and Doctor Who. He plays Malcolm Merlin, who is the father of Tommy Merlin, uh, one of um, Oliver's best friends. And there's a nice little uh, love triangle between Tommy, Laurel, and Oliver. Also, Roy Harper, Arsenal himself, uh, Red Arrow, is in this, uh, played by Colton Haynes. He he kind of has more of an introductory role in this first season. As uh, as uh, a love interest, if you will, sorta of an interest for Thea, and we we I, I I I'm pretty sure that grows in the second season. So the first season really is, is that is is that main arc, and you can see how Diggle and Felicity are saying, you know, it's great you have your dad's kind of mission here, but you need to kind of maybe branch off a bit, and the city maybe needs you more than just hunting down your dad's people on dad's list and he kind of breaks off in that as well also in this season we get introduced to the huntress which is really cool uh she has a very interesting role and i see more from her as the seasons go on so so we have you know the different love interests for oliver i like Stephen amell in this he plays that quiet intensity i mean that that really works in this role the music in this is fantastic and it really is a fun season you get to see A nice character arc as Oliver goes from I'm just on a mission I don't do anything else to to maybe more broadening his horizons at the end of the season the end of the season ends with a huge cliffhanger when it comes to Starling City now one of the complaints in this first season and I know they amend this later on is for a mask he uses mascara now of course we've seen this Ramblers in Smallville Smallville loved doing this to people especially with the black canary in that show in that they put mascara on her eyes and that was her mask not a proper domino mask that fits over your face but just green but in this case green mascara and really it's a bit of a cop-out they do resolve this i believe later in season two but for now we have to put up with the green mascara look i never liked it in smallville i don't like it in this show and i'm glad that comes season two he gets a proper mask on his face because i'm sorry Uh, just a bit of green mascara in your face doesn't really protect your identity that much and you know put some effort that's that's personal pet peeve of mine so that is fixed in season two for extras in this set, you do get a fair, decent amount of extras. You do get a lot of deleted scenes throughout each of the um, each of the discs. You also get Arrow comes alive. This is a a, a nice um, featurette where they talk about how they brought this character to the big screen, the uh, or to the TV screen, how they influenced by the 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 Christopher Nolan Dark Knight stuff, and how they wanted to make this Green Arrow. A little darker and edgier than previous versions that we've seen in other stuff. You also get a stunt, uh, um, Arrow Fight, a stunt school featurette, which is how they do all their stunts. And then we get a nice featurette with with the cast and crew at the 2013 uh, Pally Fest. It's a nice little convention Q&A where they talk about the show, which is always fun to see. And then we we get uh, some deleted scenes, I said, and the gag reel, which is far too short. It's still kind of funny. Overall, a good start to this season. I can see why it's going on to season five this fall. Doesn't surprise me. It has that same kind of feel of Smallville, but a little more edgy. And this Arrow is definitely different than the previous Green Arrow we saw from Justin Hartley in Smallville. There's, I mean, it's it's a far more edgier version. And although I would love to see Justin Hartley do a cameo uh, sometime, but but that that's so they they did a good job of differentiating him out from that. One other note I did want to mention about Arrow before I wrapped up the review of the season. Once again, this season, very much like a lot of shows like Angel and a few others has a character that's a one-hit wonder, a character that, as far as I know, unless a miraculously recovery happens in Season 2, he is one and done for Season 1. And and that's a shame. I thought if they are a very major important character to Oliver. It would have been seen, curious to see how their friendship would have evolved in the second season. I don't know. I've been really not trying to be spoiled. If he does come back, this is going to be quite the recovery. But if he doesn't, it's a shame that they kind of had to exit him the first season of the show. Because his, his character and his Oliver's development relationship really had a nice story arc throughout this first season. So that is my first take of Arrow, Season 1 on DVD and Blu-ray combo pack. My second TV show review for this episode is The Girlfriend Experience on the DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now, this is another show, of course, done by Steven Soderbergh, who, of course, was the creator behind The Nick, and, and I, it has a very interesting premise, so I thought I would check it out, because I really like The Nick, and you'll find, of course, those reviews of The Nick on, on, on some of my most recent episodes. So I thought I'd give it a try. Now, the story revolves around a young law student uh, called Christine, who is, you can tell at the start of this 13-episode first season, she's kind of trying to make things work and not having a lot of to- uh, problems with it, it's Christine Reed. So through one of her friends, she finds out there is this thing called the girlfriend experience, and this friend doesn't last long. She's in like the first few episodes, and then, boop, she's out of the story. Who introduces her, uh, one of her fellow law students, to this thing called the girlfriend experience? And what this is, th- this and this is a real thing, by the way. You can look it up. It, it kind of blurs the line between escorting and prostitution, where these these young women are hired, and there's also a boyfriend experience, so it's not just you know just for women, where where somebody is hired not just to be. An escort where you just come to somebody with an event and then you go bye bye, and but you're not a prostitute either, where it's not you show up and you wham bam thank you ma'am and then you go home. It's that gray line in the middle where you 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 with the the person who's providing the service provides companionship. They act like a, a a girlfriend to the person. They even go as far as having sex with them, and but they get paid for it. So, so it's that, that fine line, like, you know, there's always that old thing with prostitutes where, where they don't kiss, right? Well, with these, with the girlfriend experience, they kind of take, they, they go beyond that. So these women are hired just to kind of be, you know, uh, somebody that they can talk to and hang out with. So Christine, struggling law student that she is, uh, also besides attending s- school, is also an intern at a, at a law firm. So, so for a while, at the start of this 13-episode season, she tries to juggle both, both going to school and being an intern, and that all kind of collapses, and she becomes full-time doing this. Now, she's, you can tell this woman, she's very driven, but very cold uh, when it comes to it. And, and the actress, uh, uh, Riley Keogh, really has a, a strange resemblance to Kristen Stewart. It is really weird how much she looks like her and kinda acts like her. As the season goes along, she kinda gets further, and further into this lifestyle, hanging out with these rich people and being, you know, you know, the the, the, the girl on the other end. And, and and you see her getting more and more deep into it. But she she's a really cold fish. Because other than her looks, and you know, she's not ugly, um, and you know, in her, her face, she pretty much is so cold and detached, it amazes me th- th- these men want her. Now, the way she solicits clients, is she goes onto a website, and they kind of see her profile, and then they um, get in contact with her, and she even assumes a different name. She calls herself Chelsea instead of Christine. And that kind of comes to bite her in the butt in this first season where she's providing her services to an older gentleman. He dies, leaves her half a million dollars after only annoying her for a few months, but but she has to prove that she's this fake name that she created before she can accept it because that's all he knows her by. So it's a weird kind of situation she puts her in. She, gets, she puts herself in a lot of her problems, like having uh, ex-clients who are kind of crazy. She kind of puts on herself. And she also has has an affair with her boss at the law firm. And she's a very sneaky woman. She actually goes around recording audio on her phone and then uses that to kind of blackmail people. It really is hard to have sympathy for this woman throughout this 13 episodes because at one point she has a panic attack she does she like loses it an anxiety attack in the office when 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 her misdeeds kind of catch up with her and you're watching this happen when you're going man i wonder if she's faking it she could be so milking this to get sympathy and 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 this is all because an email gets let out, and then you're thinking to yourself, "Did she really send this email? Is she truly a victim here?" I don't know. It really blurs the line. Also starring in this is the actress Mary Lynn Rajskub, who, of course, we last saw as Chloe in 24. Now her role isn't huge in this. But she does have a role in this feature. Overall, this is a very strange show. A lot of times, the lighting on this show is horrible. It, it It's kind of dark. You you can sort of see things, but you can't always. Yes, there is nudity. There are scenes of sexuality. Uh, for all you wanting, you know, do we get to see the girl completely naked? No. Uh, you do get glimpses of her, but but if you're looking for some kind of lower abdomen region shot, they do a very good job in shooting that. The most you're gonna see of her is your chest. That's it, bare chest. Anything else, it's shot in a way you don't see it. So just keep that in mind for all your perverts out there. Uh, overall, and and in the usual uh, Steven Soderbergh music. The <ispering écpopular> is is throughout the show it, it slightly fits in more the more modern kind of show and there is a bit of a canadian nod to it in that she goes to toronto for some of her clients uh overall um i don't know i i didn't enjoy as much as i wanted to uh, the the premise is it's almost like a version of the diary of a call girl just if you don't have billy piper in this you have her uh, overall, I think it could have been paced better. There were lots of moments where there's just silence and no music, and you're going, ugh, that's a long chunk of silence. It also gets really weird. There's, there's a scene near the end where she gets hired by somebody, a guy, to have sex with another guy and role play with him while the guy that hired her is watching. Yeah. Uh, this is another show where if you're prudish, don't watch it. Now, a lot of people say this season ends on a really suspenseful note. No. No, I'm going to say no. It ends in a really weird way and not really much of a cliffhanger. Arrow, season one, had a better cliffhanger ending than this did. So so there's that um, to it. If you're a fan of Sodenberg, you can check it out. Uh, I... Unfortunately this actress looks way too much like Kristen Bell to to make me wanna like her. They could be she could be sisters. I don't know where it's gonna go with season two. They do set up some things, but if anything, I feel some of the things she did in season one may come back to bite her in the ant in the butt for season two. But overall, a very twisted, kinda of slightly psychopathic, cold, fishy kind of woman who definitely gets off of the control and the power. And I don't know, this could be leading her down some very dark places. So that, Oh, and for extras, uh, we do have three extras, special features. They're not very long. An inside look, a very short one on the look of it. Uh, also, what is the girlfriend experience where they talk about this is an a legit real thing and how it goes. And then another kind of look at the girlfriend experience, another short little feature as well. Sadly, no audio commentary on any of the episodes, which is a shame. I would have liked to have heard some of that, and I would have appreciated more of a making of, which we didn't get in this season. So that is my take of The Girlfriend Experience, Season 1 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. TV show on DVD review for this episode is Elementary, the fourth season, courtesy of the great folks of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, when we last left Sherlock in season three, things were not looking too good for the consulting detective. He had a, a altercation with a former drug user, and, and daddy had been called to sort things out. Now, if you've been watching the previous seasons of Sherlock, you know that Let's just say him, Sherlock, has some daddy issues. And the main reason that Joan was hired, uh, he was she was actually hired by his father, to kind of help him out. So we'd heard about Sherlock's dad for the last three seasons, so we finally get to meet him this season. And that is in the form of the great John Noble. Now, of course, I last saw John Noble as the dad, Walter, in Fringe. And of course, since then, he's also been in Sleepy Hollow. So it's kind of great to see, uh, you know, John Noble on my TV screen again. I always liked him as Walter, even the both versions of Walter. And he really does a good job here. Now, are you saying to yourself, hey, is he going to be in every episode of the season? No. Sorry. Uh, John Noble does, he is in quite a few of these 20 plus episodes, but not in every one. They're smart in that they use him sparingly. And his character in this one is very much, I'm going to say, Kind of like the evil Walter from Fringe from the alternate universe. None of that, you know, sweetness of the original Walter is there. This this version of Holmes, Moreland Holmes, more of that evil Walter is there. The kind of, I'll do what I need to do is necessary to get the job done. And, 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 you know, so that's the kind of version. And Noble works really well in this. So this fourth season is Sherlock kind of atoning for his mistake. And getting his foot back on, you know, back in with the NYPD again and, and, and getting back to business. So that's, that's the main kind of thrust of this first season, of uh, this fourth season, is Sherlock and, and, and kind of getting along with his father. And we get a lot more insight in their relationship and what happened with Sherlock's mother as well. Now, Sherlock this season is not the only person to have family issues. In that Watson discovers that she has a sister that she didn't know about, and so we have that dynamic in there as well. So that's kind of cool. We got some kind of family things going on. More uh, Moriart- um, Mycroft is mentioned, but no sign of him. He's been gone since season two, and no sign of him in season four. and And this season ends in a very interesting way, in that. We have a nice kind of story arc with Sherlock and his father. And 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 they and you can really see that in the past 3 seasons how screwed up their relationship is. And it is it is more than a little bit screwed up, let me tell you. And 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 I think Joan and 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 Sherlock really have their, their friendship really grows as well too. We also get uh we also meet richard the char- uh, uh, character richard, richard Klein, who used to be their neighbor and becomes a neighbor again in that least <laughs> very interesting situations, as always with Sherlock, there are some very interesting cases also this season. Sherlock gets a love interest and not no not those two girls that he just has sex with. He, he meets a girl named Fiona who has a form of autism, uh, neuro-neuropathy, I believe. I'm here saying it right. And, and she's a very interesting personality mix for Sherlock. And there, so there's a, that introduced in Season 4. I'm hoping they expand on it a little bit more in Season 5. But, but it's nice. Sherlock actually gets a love interest in this season. As usual, the cases are kind of funny, and, and as well in season four, Watson gets a nemesis in the in the form of a female detective called Cortez, who really doesn't like this whole consulting thing, and, and that plays in, uh, on it as well. So Watson gets a nemesis of her own in this fourth season. Overall, um, does it help to watch the previous seasons to watch this season? I'm going to say yes. You can go into the fourth season knowing that in season 3 Sherlock screwed up, but he has to make an atonement for it. And and knowing that that his relationship with his dad has never been good and and it's always strained. You can go into that knowing that that that's kind of up to you. We also got introduced in the fourth season to the corner. He has more of a role in this season, so a lot of cool developments for extras. They always never disappoint. You get uh, Mina, Cassie, and Allie. This is a featurette on one of the episodes where a woman has quite a few multiple personalities. And how they did that. Also, Wag the Dog hounded a nice featurette where they talk about the, the where finally after four seasons we get a hound a Baskervilles episode and the hound is not the kind of hound you would think it is so they they say that i won't tell you what the reveal is you also get the sign of the f- sign of fourth this is a, a nice featurette on a summarization of the fourth season the kind of a season recap you get villainy this is with exclamation point this is a nice little featurette on on some of the villains and the the, the bad guys that holmes runs across in this fourth season you get Father Holmes, a nice featurette where, where John Noble talks about joining the cast and crew and they talk about him joining the show. You get a gag reel, of course. They always give you gag reels every year with uh, the entry. That's cool. And deleted scenes and on a good chunk of the episodes of this season. Sadly, no audio commentary in any of these episodes. Would have been nice to have that, especially by John Noble. If you listen to any of the episodes of Fringe, uh he does great audio commentary and it would be nice to hear that on this show overall a fun fourth season there's something about elementary th- that is really fun to watch it's a really new fresh take on sherlock holmes and and i like the the interaction between him and watson lucy lou is great in this also your regular cast supporting cast members as well do a terrific job in this show uh you know uh john michael hall as as Marcus Bell is great and Aiden Quinn, as Captain Gregson works really well as well, so we have all that kind of it's a really good team environment, and you know me i don 't do a lot of procedure shows on this show, but I really enjoy elementary, and i 'm really curious to see where they go in season four with this. especially the relationship between uh Fiona and Sherlock and where it develops. From where it does so that is my take of elementary the fourth season on dvd courtesy of the great folks of paramount home entertainment well that's gonna wrap things up for this episode of the show as always you can always catch me on twitter i'm at rambling rust R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I tweet you back. I appreciate all my retweets and favorites and all that kind of fun stuff on Twitter. Of course, you can also check me out on Facebook, just type and Ramble with Russell in the Facebook page. That's where you'll find all my updates to the show on Twitter and Facebook. And occasionally I put cover art for all of any kind of any books or videos that I review. And they usually go on those feeds. And I occasionally just throw random things in Twitter when I feel like it. So, please uh, do that. Of course, all the new episodes you can find right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm show 18411. That's my caller ID. Please check me out. And, of course, you'll find all the new episodes from August 2013 right up until present day. All my old stuff is still on the Libsyn Network. That's http, full column, backslash, backslash, rambling russ dot L-I-B-S-Y-N in November, dot com. That's my original home internet, where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness going from May 2006 right up until August 2013, when I sw- jumped here to talk shoe. And of course, you can find all my other, my old episodes as well, in iTunes, under the iTunes Store, under Podcast. What's coming up on the show for future episodes? Man Alive! I got so much stuff, and there's only one rust. So we're going to do the best that we can. As I mentioned at the top of the show, September, I sometimes do theme months on the show. I try to, just for the hell of it. And what I'm going to do in September is I make this Superhero September. And a lot of this is courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment are helping this happen. I, I, I Of course, in this week's show, I did my my review of Arrow Season 1, which is long overdue. So we're going to continue the superhero action, courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers, with a plethora of superhero reviews. So there's going to be a superhero show review each week on the show. And you're saying, "How do you do it?" And I'm saying, "I don't know. I'm just going to do it." So each week on the show, I'm going to give you a superhero review from the DC Universe, courtesy of Warner. So we start off with Arrow season one. I'll make my way through Arrow season two and three and work my way up to Arrow season 4, which is coming out on on uh, Blu-ray and DVD um, very very soon so I just got a copy of that courtesy of Warner Brothers and we'll have that review so each week I'm gonna make my way through Arrow and get caught up with season four along the way and I'm somehow gonna do this we're also gonna get caught up on The Flash seasons one and two, which I just got, just got two recently from Warner Brothers as well. And um, Supergirl uh, as well will be coming up in September, season one. And of course, the, the spin off from Flash and Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, 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 Morrow, on Blu ray, all courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And I'm going to try my best. You're saying, golly, that's a lot of video, Russ. I'm going to try to squeeze in as well, Gotham's Seasons 1 and Dose. I just got Dose as well from Warner Brothers home video. So you saying, Mano, almighty, you going to do that all? Well, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to get through. I'll have at least one superhero show per week on the show. I know you're saying that's a lot to do, but I'm going to try to do that. I may cheat a little. We'll see. Just saying that. Uh, but I will do my best to get that all done as well for Warner Brothers uh, in in the coming weeks. They did send me a copy of Roots, the miniseries, a very classic miniseries. It is the 40th anniversary, can you believe it, 40 years of Roots as well. The movie Nice Guys starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and the Lego Nexo Knights season one as well. That's all coming up, possibly in the next month and a bit. I still have to get through as well. I'm blindsided, uh Blind Spot. I get blindsided. That's another show all together, Blind Spot, season one as well. Uh, also on the docket, making my way through currently The Walking Dead, season six, and already, holy moly! I'm just already in the early season six, and already there's a death of a major character, and I'm going, okay, this is how we're starting the season i going to try as well, uh, maybe, although I may get pushed back a bit, for uh, iZombie Season 2. I'll eventually get around to that on Blu-ray, uh, speaking of Warner Brothers. Uh, and also, from, um, also from Anchor Bay, Halt and Catch Fire uh, Season 2 as well. So those are all things coming up from, from the Disney front. I uh, also did a copy of um, Star Wars Rebels Season 2 featuring Lord Vader. That will be coming up soon. And movie-wise from Sony, The Money Monster, and The Night Manager. And uh, sometime around soon, maybe uh, from Sony, uh, Jernica, and from HBO uh, confirmation, the Anita Hill story, if you will, good old uh, Clarence Thomas. That's all possibly coming up in the next few weeks on um, the show also keep in mind there'll be more stuff coming out from paramount uh possibly ncis season seven maybe uh coming out and hawaii 50 with new season of that is coming out next month as well so the busyness continues juggernaut which is april and september or august and september God, I got my months mixed up it is continuing as well also if that wasn't enough i feel like i'm selling you a deal that wasn't enough folks I got a whack of new books courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. I encourage you, uh, if you're down at Fan Expo coming up, and, and I've told you I, I didn't get a media pass, so I can't go this year. If you're down at Fan Expo this year, please stop by the DK booth. If you see Chris Houston there, tell him Russ, Ramblin' Russ says hi and that you listen to my show. And, and give them a high for me, since I won't be able to go there in person. But um, DK is going to be at Fan Expo this year, and I, courtesy of them, have a lot of the books that they're going to be advertising right there at DK, including the Marvel F- Absolutely Everything You Need to Know book, as well as the Star Wars version of that. Also, other Star Wars books are the Star Wars Force Awakens Incredible Cross-Sections, the Encyclopedia Updated and Expanded for Force Awakens, the Star Wars Year by Year uh visual history update and expanded for force awakens and the star wars force awakens visual dictionary all these books will be available to you at the booth at dk at fan expo so check them out i will have reviews on those sometime in the coming weeks on the show uh, also in future episodes some great stuff from fox including the boonies animals gone wild monster fish um complications season one the bastard executioner season one and possibly sex drugs and rock and roll season one and maybe tyrant season two i have so much stuff most of this will eventually hit the show so keep listening i watch these things so you know what you're getting into that's kind of my goal here on the show Video game review-wise, uh, we'll see. I had not a lot of time to play games. <laughs> Before the year's out, I'll have some more game reviews. Um, hopefully, some things coming up. Even though I miss X16 this year, there hopefully is some titles coming up soon for the one that I'll be getting access to from, um, from Veritas and Microsoft Canada. And if I do, of course, they will be reviewed on this very show. So, well, games won't be forgotten, folks. Just ah, give me time to get to them. Uh, That is it for me. I've talked a lot, and I'm such a busy dude. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week right here on this very show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Stay cool this summer.